Hi everybody, this is Ted Cunerne, and this is On The Spot, and today I am here with Carrie Johnson, the curator of the Rockford Art Museum. Carrie, how are you today? I'm fine, Ted. How are you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, uh, it's all my pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Carrie, why don't you tell us about yourself very briefly here and your relationship with the Rockford Art Museum? Oh my gosh, it's been a long one. I've been here for 15 years at this point. Started off as the museum assistant when I started here, and then I uh, became the education director moved up to Curator in 2012, and um, about two years ago, I was named Executive Director and Curator. So I've just kind of been able to grow up in this institution and kind of see it come to where it is and kind of do every role there is in it. So I feel very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. Oh my goodness, you're right at the top of the heap, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I am. Some days it's like, whoa, what what has happened here? Yeah, but, yeah. What hath man wrought? Right. Uh, so why don't you just give us a quick uh, rundown of what a day is typically like for you as the curator? Um, you know, I guess it depends on the type of season. Uh, typically, I am kind of always trying to look out for new shows, new themes that will be relevant and um, successful in Rockford. Um, Like tomorrow, I'll be spending the entire day in Milwaukee doing studio visits, uh, uh, museum visits, meeting with different directors and curators. So uh, trying to form relationships with uh, regional museums and galleries. And then as the executive director, you know, I am in meetings a lot. So it's um, it's really fun. But uh, the the best part of my job really is that curating part where I get to be surrounded by art and artists and um, thinking about what the next show is going to be. And that's that's the really exciting part of my job. Excellent. You know, um, you have quite a collection here and obviously, uh, or maybe it's not so obvious. I was thinking about this, but it's uh, sort of in flux, right? You have a uh, exhibit, but the exhibits are changing over time and uh, some of the pieces go away, but some stay up indefinitely. Is that correct? Um, some, yeah. And like what we're surrounded by right now is actually all pieces from our permanent collection. Okay. So these are all pieces that we pulled up. They're parts from our uh, modern and contemporary collection. So we in Rockford are very lucky to have this public collection that is it's all owned by you, our community. Mm. And we've got over 2,200 pieces in our collection. And we've got a fantastic collection. So we're super excited for this exhibition to be able to kind of show it off. A lot of people don't realize that we do have a vault in our museum that we store all of this work. Um, we do have a lot of pieces too that are out on permanent display in, you know, by the bike path. So we do have some sculpture oh, okay. around town that is owned by Rockford Art Museum. But um, we've we've got rotating exhibitions happening all the time. What are uh, some of those sculptures that the listeners might be on the lookout for? There's the trail markers, the Robert McCauley pieces. Um, oh gosh, I was. Well, I'd like to say we own symbol, but we don't. <laughs> um, but we own uh, pieces that are on the bike path 
I'm trying to think of all the names. I'd have to look back in my book, but um, Rockman is a very popular one. Oh, the Rockman. Yep. Yes, so that's okay. Teresa Agnew. Uh, so, you know, we, we loved it when, you know, the Rockman during the beginning of COVID, you know, got their masks uh, but everybody <laughs> seems to know the rock men are the w most well-known. Oh, so, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Second only to the uh, symbol, I suppose. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyways, here today, though, you are... Uh, you have on display, it's the Technicolor Constellation, right? Yeah. Uh, or is it Constellations? Constellations, yeah. Okay, excellent yep. here. And there are some very vivid, uh, colorful, to say the least. I love uh, the use of color here. Uh, listeners, if you have not come to the Rockford Art Museum, come to the Rockford Art Museum, check it out, as this is a uh, limited... Uh, Exhibit. Yep. Correct. This is on view till the end of September. So if you come visit us for Greenwich Village Art Fair, it is free all the time too. So stop in at any point Tuesday through Sunday and it's free admission through the end of the exhibition. Okay. And um, I wouldn't mind talking about some of these pieces. And if it's all right with you, I would like to post uh, Absolutely. some pictures just so for people... Sure. Uh, and you can also follow uh, Rockford Art Museum on Instagram, correct? And do you have a Facebook page we do, as yep. well? Okay, yep. uh, fabulous. And also while we're at it, uh, we'll talk about this a bit later, but the Greenwich Village Art Fair has an Instagram page. So just type those words in and uh, I guarantee they'll come up. Uh, otherwise you can take it up with me personally. But uh, <laughs> starting here though, I think one of the things that I was most struck by was the uh, Ed Paschke, uh, is it Red Sweeney? Yep. And the... Uh, what is it, uh, Jeff Koons' donkey. I, uh, there's an interesting little story there, but I'll leave it uh, to you to tell because I, I just was like, uh, I was reading the little description here. You have to read the signs too, I think, when you, you come do. in here. This just is an to... important show to read all of the labels on the walls because the whole point of this show is to show how we built part of this collection. And so it's got the stories of, you know, pieces coming from artists uh, donating or coming from a collector or a purchase. And so, and we tried to pull all of the interesting stories like the Coons and Paschke. Um, Jeff Coons was actually Ed Paschke's studio assistant back in the 80s in Chicago. And, you know, we all know what G Jeff Coons has exploded to be as an artist. And oh, yes. so a lot of people have their, you know, very strong feelings towards Jeff Koons, which is why we were thrilled to put it up. Cause it's like, I ha hate Jeff Koons and it's like, good, come see the piece. You yes, know, it's yes. hate it so, in person. Right. So what I love about pairing those two pieces together, not only do they mix well because they're color, but um, Jeff Koons was Ed Paschke's studio um, assistant and Koons, I think back in 2010 or something like that was curating a show in New York at a big gallery, and I think it was Gagosian, and he was curating a gallery show of Ed Paschke's work. And Paschke had died in the mid 2000s, and um, and but Jeff knew that we had that piece here, and that's one of Ed Paschke's kind of best pieces, I think, in my opinion. I know it's uh, one of Jeff Koons's favorite pieces pieces too and so he wrote to the museum and said I would like to borrow that piece for this exhibition now mind you we love sharing our collection with different institutions so I wasn't curating at that time uh, 
But for some reason, whoever was in charge of that loan just said, we're not going to loan it to you. Sorry. Um, I, th I think back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, let's loan that piece. But I'm sure there was a good reason why it wasn't loaned at the time. And um, I don't think Jeff Koons hears no a lot. And so he's like, who the heck at the Rockford Art Museum is telling me that I can't get this piece on loan? You know, it's this is going to be a huge show. So many people in New York are going to see this exhibition and why wouldn't they want it here? And so, you know, I think all of the correspondence beforehand was probably going through his studio. And so when he heard no, he actually sent a handwritten letter to the museum saying, this is one of the most important pieces. I can't imagine this show without Red Sweeney. So here's what I'll do for you if you loan us the piece. I will give you another Ed Paschke piece to have in its place at the time where yours is gone. So we could have another Ed Paschke on view for you know our residents to see, which was cool. And he said, and I will gift you with a limited edition print donkey. And so at that point, you know, it's like, well, it's probably a $25,000 print. It's probably a good trade for us. But I love that he was like kind of groveling a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say Jeff Koons, but you know, the piece is so important. So it really showed us too. We kept the letter. We love telling that story because we're so fortunate to have that piece in our museum, in our collection. Um, and so, uh, uh, John Deal came in and he made this beautiful crate for our Ed Paschke piece and it had the stamp of, of Red Sweeney on the outside of it. And it was just a great story of that piece going to New York and being seen in this terrific show. And then we got this really cool Coons print from it, you know, and a great story. Exactly. You know, I think it also sort of indicates just, uh, I mean, think like maybe we're a little isolated here in Rockford, but it's, I think with the uh, art museum here, we really are connected. And uh, I find that that story sort of like brings to light just sort of the network that exists with art and like Midwestern art and just the vibrant, uh, you know, amount of, yeah, like, what would I say? wonderful things that can be found you know the red sweeney really is just something else to look at one of the things i think is interesting too is like uh his jacket is uh a got those little green points of light that are just embedded deep within and they pop right out at you once you get up kind of close there so definitely worth coming and checking out here one of the quick questions too is i uh this, I don't know if it's part of the, uh, is it Technicolor Constellations, is the uh, hand chairs <laughs> and all the little pieces. There's like a, there's a giant Horse pickle. Leg. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just uh, tell me about those really quick? So this, uh, this exhibition we knew was going to definitely have a pop aesthetic. You know, it's yes, bright colors, I see it's that. a lot of graphic images. And so having our normal like stone benches seemed a little bit square mm -hmm. for the exhibition. So we're like, what would be some really cool gallery furniture to have? And so Sean Barbagallo, who's a local ceramicist, he does these cool, you know, plastic 
chairs, the hand chairs. And he also makes these forms of like a horse leg and a pickle and a faucet. And we're like, oh, let's just grab a couple of those two to like kind of reinforce the pop aesthetic. And uh, so we just put those around. So they're good photo ops for people. And then we've also got the red um, uh, top chair that is in the back room right now. It's usually right in the middle of the gallery, but um, it's where you can sit in it and actually spin around like a top and not fall off of it. But we just want people to come here and have fun. That's good to know. You know, I uh, didn't know, because sometimes when you go to a place like a museum, it's very somber or, uh, and, you know, it's kind of like a chapel almost. And I think uh, there's something, you know, we should look at the art too as being somewhat sacred to some degree but also you know just a moderate amount of respect so I was kind of like should I sit in this top yes, you should. should I spin around yes <laughs> and we always try to add something fun to our exhibitions you know like having a good playlist or that's playing um for a show last year sonic disruptions we had um books laying around with couches and chairs so people could come in and read the literature that the artists liked we had a playlist of eight hours of the artist's music that they actually gave to me and we created a playlist that was playing in the gallery so we want it to always be a unique experience and maybe not so stuffy all the time mm, there's yes. a time and a place for it for sure but you know for some of these shows it's like we want people to come in and feel like it's not you know I hate it when people walk in and they're like I don't know what this means. I don't know what this painting means. And it's like, you don't need to know what it means. You just have to find something you like about it. So we want to break down those barriers of, you know, a stuffy museum and make it accessible to everybody. Yeah, I think uh, jumping off from that, there is a piece which is not in this exhibit, but it's uh, in one of the other exhibits here. And it's the, uh, is it the Hammer Man? Oh, yeah, Hammer is that Man. What it, it's just Hammer Man. Hammer okay. Man, yep. yeah, Scott Snyder. Why don't you tell us about Hammer Man, really? <laughs> Quick. Hammer Man. So Scott Snyder was a curator here back in the mid 90s, late 90s. And um, Scott uh, was around for some very important uh, acquisitions and very important times in the transition of the museum, um, kind of coming over from Burpee in the early 90s to making this space what it is. And Scott's also been a working artist for years and years and years. And um, Scott's work, if you don't know it, is super cool. Um, he did a whole series that were um, uh, fried, like, teddy bears. Oh, my. So you'll have to check it out. But a lot of his work, too, has a lot to do with pills, mental illness. So Hammer Man it's like putting yourself into the mind of someone that is struggling with some anxiety or some, some mental hurdles that they're trying to overcome. When you get close to Hammer Man, it sets off and it's two hammers going against a, a metal head. And it's kind of racking your brain like this is kind of what you experience sometimes if you're experiencing hardships and, and you know, and some maybe mental issues. Um, just kind of what that feels like is having your head knocked around with, with hammers. So it's kind of an expression of his of dealing with, with some mental struggles. Mm. And so that piece is really heavy 
but it's also like everybody's favorite piece when they come in because it scares the hell out of everybody, you know? And it's oh, like, yeah. holy crap, nobody's like ready for it. But then you think about it and it's like, wow, that's a really heavy piece, you know? And um, done by a really um, sweet, wonderful uh, curator who um, was very influential to this museum for several years. It's, uh, you know, one of the things I really like about it is because I came in here, uh, I think, like about a week or two ago. And, uh, you know, the girl at the uh, front desk here said uh, the hammer man it might go off, yeah. you know. And Give I was you a like, little warning. I, and, uh, like, you know, that went in one ear and out the other. And I was like, I've got to go look at this art. Da, da, da. <laughs> you know, I'm very important. <laughs> and, uh, no. So I... I'm around and it's very peaceful. It's very quiet. And then out of nowhere, I just hear this sound as if like someone's dropping a tray full of plates in a restaurant, you totally. know, like it really brings you out of your fugue state and puts you right here and now. And I think that's like kind of a neat little way to sort of, uh, once again, get you engaging totally. with the uh, space yep. and the museum. And the acoustics are so crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it just like reverberates <laughs> off of the walls. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It, but it is. It's, I love, too, how loud it is. That's what yeah. it's supposed to do. Yeah. It's supposed to, like, jar you. And, you know, it's, it's, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, another one that I wanted to talk about, too, was the... Uh, Exercise and futility, because that one's just like an amazing piece of art. I think I'm naturally just sort of like attracted to anything with like World War II uh, aesthetics and things like that. Um, but if you wouldn't mind, uh, could you talk about that one very briefly? Yeah, that's Gerda Meyer Bernstein. We've got um, a pretty um, lovely past with her. She did uh, a retrospective here back in 2006. That was the first show. Um, that I had really been at working at this museum and that show opened like a month after I started working here. Her work, she's a Holocaust survivor, so a lot of her work is based on the Holocaust, but also other wars. That piece is actually more about the Iraqi war and it's 50 rucksacks, it's 50 helmets that are hanging from the ceiling above the rucksack. So it's this kind of huge space that you're seeing this big installation of, of uh, you know, war equipment. And then in each rucksack, there's a, a mobile phone. And it's, a, it's really talking about that communication that soldiers had with their family overseas, you know, and just that kind of loneliness, that loss, I look at it too and I see empty rucksacks. I see empty helmets. So I think a lot of it has to do with soldiers that have died, but a lot of that equipment is coming from different wars. So it's not just about the Iraqi war. It happened during that time that this piece was was created, but it's using helmets from World War II. It's using, you know, older helmets from different wars. So it really is, again, uh, and we just had um, a volunteer here, fair here um, two weeks ago, and actually someone from the veterans um, I, a group was here, and it really, uh, he said, you know, so much of my PTSD is being brought up now, but it's wonderful, too, because I'm able to stand in front of this and have a lot of different feelings, and this is helping me get through a lot of those hard feelings 
through art, you know? So it's like she's taking this really heavy subject matter and making this really important installation. So that is the newest piece that we've received. Um, we got that from the Kohler Foundation and it was donated to us uh, this year. And so this is the first time that it's been on view, but that is now part of our permanent collection. So we're so happy to have that in our space. Um, so please do come down and see it. Um, it just got installed um, last month, so it will be up for a few months. So when you come down to see Technicolor Constellations, you can also pop downstairs and see that Gerda Meyer Bernstein piece. Excellent, yes, and it's definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I like here too is just uh, the way that the lighting is set up and, um, you know, you look around and you don't really think about it, but you have to have these pieces properly lit. But with that one, since you have all those helmets hanging, you get this really cool effect where there's just like all these like shadows, shadows just yeah. like splayed against the wall, which kind of has that sort of like ghostly uh, effect. Um, and I think too, I can't remember what the name of this piece is here uh, with the arm mm -hmm. and the It's legs. a Nina Levy piece, yep. All right, yes, I see. And I think that one also too is interesting because you have the cage but you see the shadows of the cage going in every direction yeah. on the floor there too which is really cool lighting super well. important yes yeah <laughs> another thing i wanted to say too is uh had you changed it for the exhibit uh to have these sort of rainbow walls absolutely um we so we're a little um we are a little rambunctious sometimes uh i'm a little crazy a little <laughs> Aren't we all? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, um, maybe, you know, our, our like wall color, we'll do a couple of different, you know, like the back wall maybe can be a pink for this. I was thinking like some bright pinks and stuff for this exhibition. And um, then you get in the space during install and you're like, oh, that's not going to do it. Things totally change every time. Um, I drive some people crazy where it's like, all right, stop what you're doing. We're going <laughs> to do something else. But that was actually um, an idea from one of our exhibition committee members, Daniel Saavedra, give him a shout out, um, who's a local architect. And he um, came in and we were talking about the show and kind of talking about the wall colors. And he's like, it's called Technicolor Constellations. Why don't you make it Technicolor? And we're mm. like... Duh. <laughs> so that was, I just love it too. I mean, it's so much fun. Um, we knew like kind of right away to what pieces were going to go back there because the Caleb Weintraub, you know, with the trophies hanging next to that piece in the back is just so perfect for it. And I yes. feel like, you know, they're, they're busy walls, but they kind of add to these pieces. They're not like distracting. It just kind of goes, you know. I think it's, you, you have like gone full speed ahead in the direction you have chosen. To and yeah. I can't you gotta like, go for disagree it. with that at all, you know. <laughs> um, this is another thing that I was thinking of here. That piece over there, yeah, so much color. It's just exuberant. And um, I, uh, I'm curious though too, um, if you could just sort of illuminate to like why uh, Technicolor Constellations? What is your goal and what are some of the ideas or the broader themes that you're trying to express and uh, gathering these pieces together in this exhibit? 
So, you know, I'm not going to lie. A lot of this, uh, the background behind doing a full permanent collection show, which we are doing again for our fall show, um, was COVID. And, Mm. you know, a lot of these shows that we do on the main level are featuring artists from different areas, Chicago or Milwaukee or Minnesota, you know, and COVID we're, we're coming out of COVID and I'm like, I really feel nervous to plan anything, not knowing what is going to happen in 2021. This was, you know, really uh, beginning of last year, beginning of 2020. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I need my shows for next summer. And I was super nervous. So we kind of switched gears and said, let's do two permanent collection shows because they're here. Um, we, we don't really have to, um, be worried about, uh, being with artists or, you know, going and doing studio visits because we've got all the work here. We know all the work really well. And then we thought our collection's so good. We don't know if people really realize what we have here as our public collection, what we have kind of amassed over the years. And so it's like, no, this is a great time. We, sh- we should be doing this all the time is really showing off how good our collection is and has become. So um, I knew the first show for the two permanent collection shows, I wanted to be parts of our modern and contemporary collection. And I thought it was cool because again, summer, a pop show, we get a lot of kids coming through in the summer. We get a lot of tourists. So it's like, let's pick our really fun, bright pieces um, that for anybody just coming in maybe for a half hour can kind of whip through and like just love the way it looks right off the bat, you know? And Mm -hmm. if you have time to read the didactics on the walls, it's great. But we also wanted to tell the cool stories about how they got here. So it was a lot about relationships. Um, We have a couple pieces that we got from uh, the Stevens collection back in 2013 or 14 when I was a new curator. And um, uh, this gentleman from Chicago called me and said, I want to donate one piece to you guys. Do you want to come see it? I went to see it and realized this man had uh, probably 2,000 pieces in his own private collection that he's collected over the years. And I left there that day with 32 pieces from his collection, not one, but it was like building that relationship with him, figuring out like, okay, what, why are you looking to, you know, get rid of some of these pieces? And he wanted to keep building his collection. He was doing a move. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to jump on this opportunity of this very generous collector who's looking for good homes for this and kind of tell him why Rockford was the the place to donate work to you. And so a lot of those pieces came from that collection. We also have great stories of, you know, our Robert Longo piece in the back. Uh, Bill Morris died uh, several years ago, and um, his wife and all of his friends, instead of doing, like, let's send flowers or, you know, they wanted to do a memorial um, for him. And so they all chipped in and bought a Robert Longo piece to donate to the museum in memory of him. So it's just bringing forward a lot of these cool stories about how this collection was built. And so that's why we liked the Technicolor constellations, the Technicolor for the color and the pop aesthetic, but also the constellations of like all of these little stories that connect and brought all of these pieces to us. It's great, and I think it is a uh, wonderful expression of the museum itself uh, there as well. I think uh, one last one I'd like to 
remark on is the uh, uh, possum man, of course. <laughs> uh, is the possum man the Mona Lisa of the I Rockford mean, Art Museum? Come on. April Mark, <laughs> I got to give her some props here because God love her. She um, wanted to come to the museum and volunteer. She uh, has a very rich art history background and has worked for several museums and collectors and moved to Rockford with her husband. And um, she came to the museum. She's like, I love exhibition writing. And so she sat down with me and some other um, collectors and got our stories about these pieces and really, I mean, did a knockout job of of writing all of these wall labels so that they could kind of have the same um, voice throughout. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about Possum Man and she had sent me that wall didactic where it said, you know, it's the Mona Lisa of Rockford and I was dying laughing. Because it kind of is. We all love that. I mean, that piece was ripped from my office because oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, I love. So in our in our offices, too, we've got, you know, our permanent collection peppered throughout our office. And so I knew I wanted to use that for the show. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to say goodbye to it for a few months while it's on view. But it really is so fun. And during the gallery walk, um, we had the artist here, Ken Hoffman, who's a Peoria artist. And so I asked him beforehand, I said, hey, we'd love for you to come to the exhibition and see your piece on view. I think that piece came to us maybe 25 years ago. So it's been a long time. And and Ken was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come to the opening, you know, and he came here. And so we're going through the gallery walk and I, I you know, passed the mic over to him and he went up to the piece and stared at it for like a good 30 seconds and then kind of stood back and was like looking at it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this dude's going to say something very profound about Possum Man. And it kind of looks like him in a way. And oh. I was, so I was like making, I was like, oh, what's he going to say about it? And he's like, I don't remember this piece at all. <laughs> I don't remember painting it. I don't remember it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And like everybody was just hysterical because it's like, I love it when artists say that too. It's just like, nope, no recollection of this piece at all. And I'm like, well, it is the Mona Lisa of Rockford. So <laughs> I'm sorry you don't remember it, but it means a lot to us. So it's yes. kind of great. And it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and uh, I, I, I couldn't forget it. I uh, have possums come to my doorstep uh, once yeah. every once in a while. They're great. Possum, the raccoon, and the skunk. Yeah. They're the three spirits of uh, Northern Illinois. I love no. it. <laughs> um, I love there's it. far more than that. But anyways, I uh, also think maybe we should switch gears here. Although, uh, unless I'm remiss in leaving anything out, if there's anything you particularly wanted to mention. I'm just thrilled we got to talk about a few pieces. Oh, so yes, thank you. That yes. I, I love doing that. There's so. so many more that I would like to talk about, but we got to keep it short here. Um, so at this point, I'd like to talk about the Greenwich Village Art Fair? You got it. Okay. Um, my first question is, uh, what is the Greenwich Village Art Fair? And also, where does that name come from? Wow. Okay. Greenwich Village Art Fair, we're over, you know, a few years over 70 years celebrating this oh fair. And uh, it started off over in the Burpee lot, you know, in their front yard. So it was like this big, beautiful lawn art fair. And I believe... The, the people that started it um, just knew about Greenwich Village in New York yes. and thought, that's a super hip art community. Um, we should just kind of bring New York here. 
I could be totally wrong with that story, but I think <laughs> I'm accurate on it. Um, but I think they just said, okay, let's, let's kind of, you know, just take that name and bring it here because we're bringing art to the front lawn and bringing it to Rockford. And so it's kind of always been, um, local vendors, local artists that come and do a weekend, um, art fair. And it's, I mean, it's stayed around for this long and it's our biggest fundraiser of the year every year. I don't know if people really understand that too, to make the connection of this is how we keep our doors open. This is just one of those very important events that we put on. Um, that's very important for the financial health of the museum. And so finding sponsors to give money to it, to make sure it keeps going. And that $5 admission, you know, although it seems um, like, you know, uh, you know, oh, five bucks, you know, it's it helps us so much, you know, and that's how we try and keep free admission for the museum as well. Um, every drink you buy is helping Rockford Art Museum. Every artist you are buying from is supporting local artists. So it's just a very important fair. And um, so once we moved over from Burpee and we changed over to what the space we're in now, which was the old Sears building, um, it, it morphed into our parking lot. And this year it's a little different because we're, um, we're only doing one day. And this really stemmed from, we have a very small staff coming out of COVID. Yes. Very small staff. Um, um, most of our staff is part-time. And again, you know, people, I don't think realize how many organizations are struggling after COVID and we're all trying to, you know, get back to what we used to be, but it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long haul. And so the, the bandwidth of the staff, um, we also have a very new committee that has never done Greenwich before. Mm. We've got a few of the, the of the uh, veteran um, committee members that are kind of helping us get through this, but we're, we're changing it. And um, so it's very new for all of us. And um, we're like, oh, we just pray for good weather, you know, like, please give us an 80 degree day. Um, but it was one of those things where we're doing the best we can. We had to cut down um, to one day because of cost yeah. and uh, the amount of people that we have helping us with this. But um, we've got 70 artists and vendors this year. So we're so thrilled that we had uh, the support from the artists and we're going to have food trucks. We still have Point Bar, which is run by Doc and Jerry, who we all love. And we've got a new champagne pop-up um, bar that's going to be right on the river. It's called Spark. How elegant. How elegant. Yes. You can get a Bellini <laughs> and walk around and buy some art. Uh, get very bougie. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we're switching up the layout a little bit, too. We want people to feel very comfortable. You know, COVID, different variants are coming out, and people, I think, are getting nervous about it again, mm -hmm. rightly so. And so it luckily, it's an outdoor event. Um, we've spaced out the tents so the artists feel comfortable. But we're also taking all of the music behind Burpee in the amphitheater behind there. So all of the music's going to be right on the river. We really want to utilize the river walk and just kind of um, expand our footprint so that people feel like there's a lot of space mm. and that, you know, you don't have 8,000 people that are right on top of each other. It's more of like really utilizing this beautiful river we've got and the river walk. And so the fair is going to be from our parking lot all the way down to Burpee where there's going to be music and a bar and um, all of our local collectives will be down at Burpee as well. 
Okay. Um, excellent. That's a lot of good information. And what is the date again? It is Saturday, September 18th. Okay. And it runs from 10 in the morning till 6 o'clock at night. And then we've got uh, a headlining band that will happen after 6.30. Um, so the fair will close down. The artist fair will close down at 6. And then we hope that everybody will make their way to the amphitheater where we've got Steepwater, a All Chicago right. band Fabulous. coming. And they're going to headline. Um, and then we've got some great local bands that are playing the rest of the day. Excellent. Um, one last thing, too. The Greenwich Village Art Fair. You know, you go there and there's a lot of booths and... Uh, like so many events like that, sometimes I find myself getting a little overwhelmed and it's like there's too much to take in. What would you say is like some kind of like, from an insider view, the best way to sort of navigate and go around and make sure that you like get take in everything and take advantage of it the best way possible. I think that there, what's nice about Greenwich is there's a lot of different things that you can do. So once you get in, you know, you can come and maybe have lunch at one of the food trucks, chill, have some food, maybe go see a couple of artists, tents and then go grab a drink at Point Bar. If you've got kiddos, this is a great time because we've got creations by kids. So, you know, your kids can go do face painting or they can paint uh, easel on easel painting. And so the kids have something to do. And then you can go catch some music and then go, oh, let's go check out those other artists and go back. So it really, it can be as much or as little as you want it to be there. But there is enough variety throughout the day where there's a lot of fun stuff to do. And if you come in the morning, we give you a wristband so you can come back later. Or if you want to check some stuff out and then come back for the headlining band, that gets you into the headlining band as well. So it's only one day, too. So we're trying to really push that, you know, having it normally Saturday and Sunday. People had that option. But we're hoping, too, that everybody just takes advantage of the one day only and comes out to support the museum. Excellent. Also, as I recall, sometimes it's difficult after uh, you get kind of later in the day to find a parking spot. Uh, so I don't know. Is it people offer like, there'll yeah. be, like different places to We've park? We've got right? different uh, parking lots spread out uh, around the museum, but we also have been working with the trolley. So oh, there's trolley yes. stops. Yeah. So Fabulous. if you have to park a little farther away, that's okay um, because there are trolley stops. So you can go to GreenwichVillageArtFair.com. Um, that's another cool part of this. Last year during COVID, we had to cancel the fair, but we ended up doing a virtual Greenwich mm. Village Art Fair. So we were still able to connect people to artists and their websites, and people were still able to... We still had a Greenwich Village Art Fair. It was just virtual. This year, we're still keeping that virtual component. So if you can't make it to the fair, you can still go online to our website and buy artwork that weekend. There's going to be some artists that can't be here in person, but everybody that's in here person too will have a spot online as well. That's great. No fear of missing out here. Right. You, no. you have been warned. You have every way to access it. Um, so that's, I think I'll wrap that up there. And uh, before we go, though, I just want to ask then if you uh, want to just talk briefly maybe about some of your ambitions with respect to the art museum or the art fair, and also just uh, some things maybe that uh, you might want to like uh, hype or, uh, you know, do a quick plug for. I noticed you guys offer classes. 
two, which I wasn't really aware of, but I think I'd definitely be interested yeah. in uh, following up on that. So anything uh, maybe that people should raise their awareness on, if you want to talk, this is your moment here. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, um, you know, I think for myself personally, um, a goal of mine when I started as director uh, was to make admission free for everyone uh, for the museum so yes. that there would be no um, reason why someone couldn't come and experience art. And so um we continue to work on that with sponsorships. So I want to throw that out there. A sponsorship people can be 500 bucks. It can be $1,000. I think a lot of times sponsorships um, really concern people like, I don't have $25,000 to sponsor free admission. It doesn't take $25,000. You know, it could take $1,000 with you and a few friends or a business that makes it free for an entire exhibition. So I really am still working on that because it's so important for us to keep this museum free. And I want our local businesses and people in our community to support that. So even if you come in, put a five or a 20 in the donation box, and that's just going to make it so that everybody can experience this museum. Um, and, you know, long term, we've, you know, we just want to keep expanding our outreach if people can't get here, how do we get to them? So we are constantly writing grants to provide free outreach to schools and daycares and churches and community centers. Um, so we're, we're, we're continuously doing that to make sure that we're, that art is in the lives of everyone in our community. Um, we've got some really exciting things coming up, uh, including figure drawing classes, which are once a month. Those are great. You can just pop into those. And if you're honing your drawing skills, that's a great place to come. We've, oh, we've also got adult workshops that are happening all the time. So you can either find information on our Instagram or Facebook page or our website uh, for more information about kind of ongoing classes. We've got children and adult classes happening all the time. And then uh, this fall, we've got a really amazing exhibition called My Way. It's black art from the American South, and that is about 150 pieces from, again, our permanent collection. And it's all uh, black artists from the South, and we are so excited to have that, that collection on view. That opens October 7th or 8th. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's and then after up. that, we've always got, you know, Art in Bloom and Fashion in Bloom, right. which are, are another big fundraisers, but it's where local floral designers come in and do a floral sculpture based on a piece of artwork. Oh, cool. So that's October as well. All right. Well, I think that'll be all for today. We're running out of time here, Carrie, but uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining me here today and uh, welcoming me to the Rockford Anytime. Art Museum. And uh, so if you could just give us the dates really quick again for the Greenwich uh, Village Art Fair and then when the uh, galleries are open. Greenwich Village Art Fair is Saturday, September 18th from 10 to 6. Uh, admission is five bucks and that gets you into the fair all day. And then the museum galleries are open Thursday through Sunday every week from 10 to 5. And again, it's free admissions with donations appreciated. All right. Fabulous. And you can also find uh, the RockfordArtMuseum.com. Is that the... Uh, RockfordArtMuseum.org. Uh, .org. .org. Greenwich Village Art Fair. 
Com. And look them up on the uh, social media, whichever you prefer. You got it. All right. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you.